Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pops and Hisses, a podcast where we talk to musicians you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I'm talking about The Beatles, their classic album, Rubber Soul, and singer, songwriter, guitarist, Matt Wipke. So a few years ago, Wipke covered a song off of Rubber Soul. It was on an album called Driver, and he did the song Drive My Car. And so then he did another one, and another project, and then another one. And after writing and releasing a very personal album, Hard, about his life and his divorce and other things going on with him uh, a while back, he decided to dive full into covering the entirety of the Beatles' Rubber Soul. Titled Gummy Soul, Another Rubber, it's an album made with love and admiration for the source material, but with fun and experimentation in mind, too. So, forgive the pun, but Whipkey also made it with a little help from his friends, often taking a backseat to other vocalists and other guitarists to meet his vision for the album. It's a really fun record, and I've really enjoyed listening to it. I've been talking to Matt about this, which you'll hear in our conversation here in a little bit, for a while as he's been coming up with this idea, trying these new things. He's sent me mixes in the past, and it's been really great. It's really fun also to talk to Matt about the project. I'm excited for you to hear the interview. Real quick, I do want to remind you that you can listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast and find other stuff about music, reviews, interviews, things like that at popsandhisses.com. But right now, it's time to talk to Matt Wipke about the Beatles and about Rubber Soul. Let's get into it. We could just sit and talk about the Beatles all day long. Because I know you love the Beatles. <laughs> Totally. And you've... I do love the Beatles. You cover... You've, well, not your last record. The record before, you covered a Beatles song. So where yeah. did the whole... Where did this whole Rubber Soul thing start? Was it with that? I mean, you've, yeah, you've probably covered Beatles songs a million times, live or, or whatever else. Yeah, well, so like you mentioned, we did the song Drive My Car on our yeah. driver album and it was funny because it was kind of a last minute thing i just did it sort of for fun i think i just did it for their pledge music campaign actually and we ended up putting on the album um but it, it that, that particular song it's got some legs uh it, it still gets played on sirius xm on the Beatles station and stuff and so awesome. i see those reports and i'm like well, that's that's really cool you know and um a, a buddy of mine kind of got that ball rolling a few years ago and they kept they kept, uh, you know, they keep playing it. It's great. Uh, so, and I did, for my punk band, I did a song called Think for Yourself for Unexplained Death Tape. I did a version of that. Yeah. Uh, so I had two, those songs are both on Rubber Soul. So I had two songs <laughs> of the 15. And I thought, wow, if I ever want to, maybe one day I'll take on the whole thing. And uh, a buddy sent like a screenshot on Facebook or something of uh, his car you know, stereo readout of the, of the serious, you know, them playing it like last December, December 21, <laughs> 2021. And uh, I was like, hey, that's cool. You know, and then like, it was a new year. I just finished the hard album, the album before and that was a real personal record. And it kind of like took a lot out of me just right. emotionally maybe, I guess. But, uh, and so I think when you go through an experience like that, it's, it's sort of fun to take, take the pressure off yourself with uh, something uh, uh, on the surface, a bit more like lighthearted and fun, you know? Um, and, and that's what I did. I, I came up with a version of Norwegian Wood real quick, not real quick. I, I mean, I worked on it for a minute, but within a week or so I have one, a pretty workable version and people seem to like it. I did advance around and then I did a, you won't see me. And I was like, all right, well, hey, this is a crazy idea. 
I was going to do just the first half of it. Um, yeah. And then try to shop, shop it around. Um, I'll tell you what, my whole career, the idea of shopping any shit around is about as fun or uh, inspiring to me as, you know, and pulling like slivers out of my, you know. Yeah, right. Um, that's that's um, a great part of making music is the, yeah, shopping around, trying to get people to listen to it. Right. I, do, yeah. Do for, uh, <clears throat> exactly. So, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to shop it. Um, but I don't know. But anyway, I was. Yeah, that was. It, I, I told myself that I had to play tricks with myself to get things done, right? So uh, if I if I looked at something, like so, the album ended up being 19 songs. It's all the songs on the Rubber Soul, the U.S. and the U.K. versions, and I also did instrumental versions of the We Can Work Out Day Trip for single. So it's it's far more than the 15 songs that are on the original you know, the rubber soul version, which is the UK version, right? But right. I just kind of wanted to make ours a little more unique, a little more gummy. And uh, I, I, so I did I Just Seen a Face, which kicks off the US version. I'm sort of fascinated by the fact that people of a certain age, not me, I mean, I bought the CD when I was 15 and it, the CDs right. were always the UK versions, right? But um, so the, the, I remember actually, we, we went into the, a show once when you drove and you had the box set you had the u.s album you remember that yeah i have the like the cds so it was some years was, ago i got sent, and that's actually probably the one i know best is the u.s version but they put out really cool reissues of um the u.s mono versions which sound really good but they yeah um but yes, they're the u.s versions u.s track listings with the you know but yeah, they put those out and I, uh, you know, got, just got the box set because I was a music critic and they just used to send whatever CDs were coming out. And that's probably the version I know the best just because I've listened to it so many times is that version of Rubber Soul. But anyway, yeah. Right. Right. And then it, what's cool is like, so it kicks off with a song called um, I've Just Seen a Face, which has been covered by a lot of people. It's kind of a real country kind of jam. I don't even... I remember Dwight putting a, well, Yoakum putting a version of it on his like Instagram. He's going, oh, that's a good version. So we we did our best to make like a uh, sort of a, an 80s, 90s, uh, uh, like dance pop version. That's nothing to do with country at all. So it was great. It was fun. And then I'm like, I, I like it. And then I was like, well, I'm a bit of a completist. So if I did that, well, and the reason I did that, I mean, people don't care about this stuff, this shit, but I, I like to explain it because I love it, man. It's how we got to where it is. Well, so drive my car starts rubber soul. But I was talking with my buddy Nick Neary, who helps me with everything, and it's weird. Like I didn't want to do another version of Drive My Car. That seems stupid. It's like my most played song. Why, you know, let it live as it is. And I'm I'm still proud of that version. But the fact is, you. I don't know how much you you want to start your brand new album with a song that's been out for five years, right? It's a bit not really brand new. So how do you reconcile that? So I thought, oh, oh, well, I just need to say started the U.S. version. So that could be fun. I like that song. So I came up with a, a version. I was really enjoying it. And it, um, it fit, you know, it fit. It, it worked well. And I was going to 
not drive my car off, but then I brought it back on like on like the last part of the record. Um, and then we did instrumental versions, and that made it a bit more unique. And then just in January, I was like, it was done. This has been this record's funny. It's been done three times. <laughs> it's been done like yeah, three or four times. But now, like, I have it. I have it like in my right. hands, you know, like in a compact disc form, and it's done. And it's like this is it. It is done. And I'm looking at the back. It makes me happy because uh, it's it's ended up being quite a journey so so the fact is that it, i thought it was done in like september but yet in its post september till now we added four five like new pieces of music that really like made it so now it's kind of its own experience it's definitely the album but it's its own thing uh anyway we did the song called um it's only love and that was the song, very much a throwaway John song on help, UK help, but it was on the US versus Rubber Soul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know you know me, and it's kind of funny because uh, I'm a little, I get a little crazy with this stuff. Like, I, anything that's like of a historical nature is really fun, you know, like, because I, I can do my, the creative side of it, but I'm also intrigued about the, uh, the context of everything. And, um, so whether it was the Penny Park thing, right, um, or this, like I just delved into the history to really like understand maybe the mindset of the band or what the different versions were about, like just just history of everything. So I, le- I learned an awful lot about it, and and so it was it's fun. So this is like literally every song that um, has ever like been associated with Rubber Soul. Yeah, because you know, that sounds of, fascinating to me too. Yeah, you know, the way they did things, obviously dates. Yeah, like that. What I was saying was those mono versions that I have are fascinating. It's like the, the idea that there's a different record label releasing these in the U.S. versus the U.K. with different mixes, different track listings. Oh, we took this track off of that album to put it over here. Like, and why? Oh, we thought U.S. audiences would like that better. I mean, like, it's just so goofy to me, but it adds another layer to yeah. the Beatles why they wrote it, how they made it, wh- what went into it. and Oh, yeah. yeah. It, <clears throat> if you're of a certain age... There's a guy, just, if people really like this... Cr- yeah. Well, go ahead. Sorry, Kevin. Mm. I missed your last part. I was just saying, like you said, if, depending on what age you are at which you experienced these albums, you have a different experience of them, which is interesting. Exactly. And honestly, I wouldn't have thought anything about that uh, I mean, I knew it existed. I've always known that's been a kind of a weird part of the history of it. But um, to me, Rubber Soul is the album I bought on CD when I was a teenager in 1995. And, and forever will be that. But my dad was talking about how he knows this record pretty well because my Aunt Karen had it and uh, bought it like when it came out, just played it a, a ton. So he knew these songs. And so, you know, Aunt Karen bought that in December of 1965 in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, she certainly didn't get the Parlophone Im- import, you know. I'm right. sure she went down to uh, the Brandeis and picked up the, um, you know, the capital version. So just the fact that someone, you know, obviously these people, just someone in my own kind of familial structure had an experience with this that was different than mine. And that's kind of fascinating. So, um, yeah. And plus, I made them all, it it, it presented a challenge to make it all connect. Um, 
in my own sort of way. We even kind of rearrange the sequence it, it, very minorly, but it, it functions best as a, you know, the WebKey version of a, right. of a gummy soul. Well, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the deeper I got into it, you know, a uh, bottom line is it's fun as hell. It's about the most fun I've ever had making something. And, um, that's really all that you need to carry yourself through a musical project, but the added benefits are just sort of like what it is, you know, it ran up against like some, some, uh, some friends of mine, people like, you know, his opinions I value that like really just didn't, didn't like the idea at all. And it was sort of fun to initially uh, that bothered me, but the more I did it, I actually kind of like, I fed it, 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 uh, it, it fed was- me too. Interesting to me, like being, can be if anything, just to be like, yeah. Hang on, it's saying my internet connection is unstable. I'm gonna switch to my other Wi-Fi network. I might cut out for a second. I'll be right back. All right, I think I'm back. Can you hear me? Damn it! I think I fucked it up. Oh, can you hear me now? I can. Okay, good. Sorry. Uh, I just switched to a different Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I think I'm better. It sounds way better. Good. So uh, having known you for a long time, being your friend and stuff, it was really interesting to be on the sidelines of this project because I don't, to your point, you were saying how much you've, you've never had more fun than making this record. I can tell because... I don't think any other time ever you've texted me and be like, Hey man, we just recorded this. Or like, I just got the mix back on this. I think I've heard <laughs> so different versions of these songs. I'm mean, pretty sure I've not heard the final because I think you sent me the final tracks, quote unquote, several months mm. ago. And then I don't know that I've ever, I've actually listened to it now that it's been like mixed, mastered, ready for CD and stuff. But I'd love that because you just, yeah. it's been fun to see how much you have enjoyed making it from the sidelines. Like I can tell it's just a joyous, project for you yeah it's super it was super fun like i mean it's 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 you know i don't know i i, I encourage anybody to do it uh it's <laughs> get to work with the best some of the best songwriters in the world and uh you know fuck with their music um I, I i thought a lot about like the spirit of it all and like i just went with like my instincts on stuff because that's yeah. ultimately kind of maybe you know for the most part, how you should pursue these things. Um, but then the end result is like, well, this could, is this, uh, you know, how's this fit into this, whatever. And uh, people are so guarded about such about the Beatles, you know. Um, uh, I, I, I displayed, like I said, kind of said in the press release, just there's like a healthy irreverence toward all, towards it all. Um, yeah. But yeah, in, honor, in an honorable way. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's funny, band, I mean, I'm, I've been in bands. And uh, so, um, you you uh, you know you understand how a band works when you're in a band. And uh, I think a lot of people that haven't had that experience necessarily of being in one. Look at bands like the Beatles or uh, Nirvana or anything that's a like a they view with like on an altar, you know, like more like a deity than a band. And uh, yeah, you know, people get sensitive about how you approach it. Well, um, but the fact is, 
being in a band is a big important part of it. Like every band is kind of like just having having fun, being silly and irreverent. The Beatles certainly were, Nirvana certainly was. Like this approaching it with an attitude that that creators themselves could, you know, probably appreciate. <laughs> you're just you're just kind of jackasses. You're just musicians. Right. You're in bands. Well, like, you're having fun. You mentioned Nirvana too, and Beatles and Nirvana are two bands that I think people revere them as like these holy texts. And you can't deviate from the original yeah. text or whatever. Be like, you know what? Yeah, Those didn't know what they were doing when they made it. Like they're all happy accidents that they ended up as perfect as they are, but like they're perfect for their imperfection. And like they were screwing around. Do you think it sounded exactly like that? Like Paul McCartney's been performing some of these songs forever at this point. Like yeah, for fifty yeah. years. And so like he's probably changed the way that he plays them a million times. Like they're not exactly perfect and no one gives a shit. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> just the way that they made it. So I think that reinterpretation of them is a good fun thing that I'm sure is appreciated. You know what I mean? Like they oh don't don't cover my song. Yeah. Like they don't they don't care. They would love it. Yeah, I think I think I think honestly, I don't think anybody understands those that the ability to shape something in a different way more than like a Paul McCartney or like a Bob Dylan. I mean, they've been doing similar things their right. entire careers, you know? Um, and I think they've also probably enjoyed seeing their own creations be as malleable as they are. Hell, Bob does it to himself, you know, like yeah. in concert. I think that's uh, oftentimes to his audiences, crazy, you know, drives them crazy. I think that's so, a uh, but interpret it different ways in fact i've i've talked to you yeah about before, yeah but i've loved finding as many live versions of one bruce springsteen song as i can find or as many live versions of a dylan song as i can find and just be fascinated with how different it is by the same person like the same person fucking wrote those and performed them and then they're like yeah we're gonna do it totally that's fascinating oh yeah absolutely um it's it's fun. It's super fun. Uh, <coughs> but yeah, it's funny how people get sort of protective about these things right. in some way. Well, uh, well, that's and that's okay too, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But what's interesting to me, I bet Rubber Soul. Some of the songs of Rubber Soul have been covered less than you know other classic Beatles songs. I mean, what Yesterday is supposed to be the most covered song of all time, or something like that. But, you know, every mm -hmm. Beatles song has probably been covered by a million times. So I, it's fascinating to me to take on an entire album. Like, how did you approach it? You don't have to write. You didn't have to write the songs, right? They're there. But you do have to rearrange them, rewrite, rewrite them in a way. Like, how do you how did you approach that? That would seem daunting to me. Oh, yeah, I think, well, it, it's, it, I think in a way it seemed daunting to me too, but I took it as a one at a time. You yeah. Know? Like I, I did Norwegian wood and, and then, uh, yeah, everything was one at a time. So uh, I didn't have a grand concept. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, when I make records, <clears throat> sometimes there's a sonic structure in place that dictates, you know, maybe the order of things right. or how we go about it or trying to fit into a mold, which is great. That's how records work. You know, that's how yeah. it goes. But I afforded myself 
with this album, because I didn't have a timeline, um, and I was doing it, I was doing it song by song, uh, I took the real enjoyment in creating it like with all the different people, you know, like finding the right drummer for it, finding the right bass player. And it kind of settled in on a band that was like the group and it was super fun. I was, you know, great. Like, so just discovering that, you know, maybe although Scott Gaeta could certainly play the shit out of the drum part for this said song, like the feel that Doug has, you know, it does it better. And then I gave Doug a song towards the end. I'm like, Hey, I want you to play on this one. I think your feel will be right. He's like, no, this is a Gata song on drums. I'm like, really, you think so? And he and he's like, yeah. And so I I I Gata do the drums on it, and he made the absolutely right call. Gata killed it on the drums, but in a way I that wouldn't do. So that's pretty fun when you're working like that. That's a bit, uh, you know, I've, over twenty some years. There's a bit of a, you know, you have you create like a little world unto yourself with your musician friends, and um, luckily a lot of them are as odd as you and like ripping into things and overthinking stuff. Um, and then, yeah. So then, Friedman played guitar and stuff, and Corey Weber played guitar and stuff. And I mean, I I think it's if you like if, uh, if you like electric guitar, this thing is this thing rips. Yeah. I mean, like I I actually play you know I play the least amount of like solos and stuff. I between Corey and Mike and Gata, this, these guys are like world class, and like they all got their own voices on guitar. And just as a fan of like electric guitar. I, I, a lot of fun. It's funny. So, uh, yeah, I'd often be able. I often would tell somebody that like a record we did was great, or it's it's good. You just do it, whatever. But um, it's it's fun when you like your favorite part. Like you didn't write the songs necessarily, and like the, all the sweet guitar shit, or like your friends just shredding, and you really like spent time to get them in the right zone. You know, like uh, work with them. It was, it was it's fun on so many levels. Like we produced it, we produced some of the stuff more than we would do our own thing. Uh, because I think everybody knew it was like a Beatles thing and uh, was, was up for the challenge. Everybody proved to be up for the challenge of really getting worked. You know, that's, that's the kind of unsung part of music. You always hear the final product, but half the fun is the battle of like getting working, working it. Yeah the yeah the that's just fascinating the way you guys worked it out and how everyone was just really on the same page and but yeah the i don't know just really interesting and the guitar work is cool too um so have you sent a copy to apple records like cease you know address McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know how you, you, you so I, I do have a friend. I'm I'm friends with a couple of the people at the station, um, and I, I, yeah, that's, I, I'm gonna approach that. It's yeah, it's weird when it comes to that. You know, like I'm getting to the point where it's like I want to get Dwight a copy, and I want to get uh, people at Apple a copy. Um, it's it, it's it's funny because like it, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty headstrong, but like this has made me like just pause it's like a little bit like oh maybe this is just madness you know um but it's like it's all madness great <laughs> i love it i love that it, i love that it might pit. i like i love that somebody might be like this sucks he's crazy it's fun to like tread in a water where like you know i don't know 
it's just, it's fun to, it's right. like things I put out in the past, like people can certainly like trash them, you know, but like, and they have, but if you, these waters, you can just really, you don't have any hesitancy about trashing it. Cause maybe sometimes they're like, who am I trashing Matt? You know, <laughs> especially around here, if you knew people. But now it's like, he's just, what the hell? He's lost his mind. <laughs> Thinks right. he can cover the Beatles. But, but, this, but this has been done in Omaha. Simon Joyner did Goat's Head Soup. Yeah. I think Dave Nance did Beatles for Sale. And those are both super fun. I heard both of and enjoyed where those guys are coming from. And I know uh, I, I played for years with Hoshaw, and probably one of the reasons, like, I, I realized this as the process is moving along. It's like, oh, I think part of me is like totally cool with like going these avenues because that's what we did in the Hoshaw band to a lot of things. Yeah. Like it wasn't my idea per se. I, I was just playing the guitar. Brad always had like the general arrangement and direction, but we did like uh, Kesha's TikTok and yeah. Purple Rain and um, yeah. several things that really people like latched onto that I kind of thought were a bit odd, you know, at first. <laughs> like I fucking hated playing Kesha's TikTok. Yeah, and uh, then we didn't play for a few years. We did a reunion show. We played it. I'm like, fuck, that was fun. I'm like, that was fun, man. <laughs> it's like, I, okay, I don't hate it anymore. Well, uh, I mean, everybody but, does covers. Yeah, it. every freaking band does it. Like, why, why be precious about it, right? Like, I don't know. It's just fun. I think what a band, what an fun. artist, what a band wants to cover also gives you a little bit of insight what a band needs yeah like what they're into yeah what a band needs <laughs> what a band wants what a band needs whatever makes you happy sets you free but i'm telling you is that the line yeah you know what song i'm singing you're gonna be happy is what a girl wants yeah what a girl wants it's from like 99 <laughs> yeah i love it well one of the things i want to ask you is um in my life is one of my absolute favorite songs one of my absolute favorite beatles songs so um i don't know it's just such a great song the lyrics and the music it means a lot to me it's written really cool the way the lyrics are phrased and they the way the verses work together and stuff just really cool so like if it were me i'd be very excited to cover that and be really intimidated was there a song What's a rubber soul song for you that is just you were super excited to do that just means a lot to you in particular? Uh, well, that one actually, the one you mentioned <laughs> uh, in my life, probably one of like, my favorite songs ever. And uh, it always has been. And it means a lot to me. And uh, I was probably the most intimidated by it because I do have, a, I do hold reverence to it i'm not that's what i mean like when i said some of it's irreverent like fuck yeah we'll like get up we'll get weird with some of like like ringo's song on that record that no one likes or even remembers you know right. but like in my life it's, it's very special to many people it's one of the most beautiful songs ever written where'd you go um and so i wanted to, like that proved a challenge because i wanted to approach it in a in a respectful way that kept a lot of them some had some some took the melody maybe some other places but also kept it where it should be in other spots so have you heard you heard that one right yeah yeah it's really cool okay so does it does it, does it do it all right like that 
Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's, as a, see, it's interesting to me. Kevin Coffee aside, like as just a fan of that song, you know, like feeling about the same way about that song that I feel about that song. Like, did it? Uh, you know. I, that and yeah, that's like. Um, yeah, but it was all right. Oh yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I mean, like, I how do I say it? You were saying irreverent, but even the ones you took in more maybe a wilder direction than they were originally, or you know, just did went a different way with them. Uh, the ones that were hewed closer and the ones that went way out, I like it was just it's such a fascinating listen to me. And again, I, I said this before, but I find it just fascinating. Like you know, they're damn good songs if you can do that sort of stuff with them, right? You could just play in that sandbox. That yeah. Time. And so like that was one that I really, really liked. Yeah. Um there's another one. Oh no, I'm forgetting it. Uh which song it was. That Kristen sang lead on? Girl? Yeah. Yes. Which is cool. Yeah, that was yeah. the that's one of my favorites. Cause she's um now I don't know if you've heard the last one but it's called it, it, her on it's only love that's probably like my favorite one right now it was like the last thing we did maybe that's why but uh yeah it's it was yeah so well yeah and that's kind of another part of the story too you know just having other people kind of sing <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun it's fun it's fun it's some part of the story yeah uh, it just turned into such a cool record. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you about was making CDs too. When was the last time you had a CD? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've done CDs with everything, but like the last few things have always been Burns, you know, right? Which function the same, but uh, so <laughs> like you held up the, for those but, yeah, no, at home. You held up your case, which I hear right? Yeah. Yeah, this is the Dryer album, and it was made on CD appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of enjoyed the two side by side because they're both, I'm like, oh, wow, that's like two CDs. You can't see those things. They're both very green. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's funny. <laughs> they're both very green. So, they're, I know they're super green. It's wild. Um, the heart didn't get, yeah. It, uh, Honestly, it's written like a record. It's double record. It's got four functional sides. I wish it was on a double LP. I wish it could be like, right. check out my shit fucking gatefold. And I wish it had like picture sleeves and the polydenses with like fucking lyrics. But, you know, I don't think people are going to pay $95 for that. <laughs> yeah, so, right. The cost of all that is um, crazy. I know. So steep. I mean, I, so, but it's, tell you what, I love all that little CD that's pretty fun to me. uh they're they're still affordable they can still make them my uh my stepdaughter kaya like loves her friends like love cds they're like 15 and like they love cds we'll go to homers and like she'll take 10 bucks and you can buy like three cds for like you know use cds and it's pretty cool like it's it's cool to see like younger people like kind of like into it and it just it makes me happy man because that's like i mean yeah vinyl's cool i grew up with records like records are cool as hell but like guess who wasn't being a vinyl snob when they were 14 me i was buying yeah, cds right? you know 
So <laughs> the CD you know is my youth. <laughs> so, this tells you how old my car is. <clears throat> I still have a CD player in my car and I listen to CDs all the time. Um, I feel like I'm, it's just because you're getting I, one of these, buddy. Yes. <laughs> right now, uh, Metallica is in your car. spinning in there. Flip it. But I need something new. But I still, and I still, actually, it's been funny. I have a stereo, I have a, you know, a component stereo turntable, all that stuff. It was really hard to find a cassette deck. Um, it's impossible to find a CD player. But I want one because I've got so many CDs. And yeah. Killer on my speakers. But it's <clears throat> Buddy, I might, I might just have one. Y'all let you, I'll let you take. I, it's, uh, I have a five disc like carousel one that's actually pretty nice. I bought it new in 2019. <laughs> I actually went to the mart and bought like a new, and because well, it was on clearance, like it was like 120 bucks, but it was like a 500 CD player, and it's a really good like five disc changer. It's sturdy as hell, and I, I just have it hooked up here because, well, it's a space. It's slightly like longer than the receiver, so it won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it, but what's funny is like when I need to listen to a CD, like my Blu-ray player covers it. Yeah, right. Right. So I it's hooked up to the it's hooked up to the receiver, and I just pop it in and play it like a CD. <laughs> but I tell you, no, I'm with you, man. A real good quality, like component CD player, is a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, you know, I like, have a real fondness for the single disc tray ones. Yes, like yeah. I always thought those when you'd see the guys with like the fancy ones, where you're like, "Ooh, that's a fancy CD player." Yeah, it always just was like one disc. It but it, like ejected away, like feed me the album <laughs> and let me. I'll make it sound good and let me digest. Let me. Hi, let me digest it in my hi-fi guts you know yeah um, it's just funny because like i have i have these nice in, co in college my best friend ha oh go ahead Kevin. i'm sorry oh i was just saying i have these nice speakers and i have these cds and i never get to listen to them so you're saying a friend of yours in college what did you have <clears throat> yeah we had a, our, our first dorm i think nick won well nick my buddy nick he won a uh 50 disc or a hundred disc like changer yeah. from some radio contest or something from the edge. I think he like won like the actual thing. And um, that thing, dude, what initially you think, wow, how cool. All right. Keep track of your hundred CDs in the fucking CD player. You wonder where you're, uh, yeah. you know, you wonder where, uh, like what would I have in there at that time? Like you wonder where, like probably have like a, Trace, yeah, Trace. Like I thought, I was really big into Sunvolt's Trace in the fall of '99. But like, if I'm like, where's my copy of Trace? And it's in slot 46. <laughs> yeah. My brother had one. It was like a 50, and they like they same deal. They were in college, and I'd go over and hang out with them. And they would print. They would go into some shitty word processor because it was like the mid '90s, and type type out a list. It was like one. 11 blah 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 two <laughs> something three nirvana never mind and like it was on a thing like a card <laughs> so if you want to you yeah know, yeah yeah but you could and then their roommate this was my favorite he had a mini disc player and we thought that was the coolest thing ever. oh yeah because they were just those little square discs well, they had so much info on them you could do songs i'm telling you we could make a whole another podcast on <laughs> Uh, the fate, the 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 misunderstood, the, the grossly misunderstood beauty of the mini disc. 
truly an awesome form of media. Uh, I get on kicks where I watch videos about dumb things, stupid shit that is completely matters nothing in the world. I think during the making of this album, I got on a real kick watching these guys on YouTube have channels on uh, forgotten media forms. So yeah, I've, I've watched like hour-long documentaries on the mini disc, the video disc, the RCA video disc. You want to talk about a weird format? The RCA yeah. video disc. Have you? It was uh, it 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 was the size. Of, it was an LP contained in like a floppy disc-looking casing, and yeah. you shoved it in. It was like it was a laser disc, but with like I think a record. Yeah, they were those were weird, and like mini discs were kind of the same thing, but obviously on a very tiny, 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 tiny version. Yeah, well, the coolest honestly, man, the coolest thing about the mini disc that I, I think most people who ever used them would attest to is they were one of the first portable digital recording, real time recording devices. Yeah. So when I was in high school, we played these like acoustic shows at Stage Right over by the Orpheum. And like, yeah. uh, I actually have hours and hours of these shows documented. Like, on, we just hooked up a mini disc recorder to the outputs of the crappy mixer. Yeah. And it recorded on digital. It was like, it, in, you know, real time, too. You know, they're not the best recordings, but it was, uh, it's a digital file. I and mean, I think it's a 44 1 16 bit file. Pretty wild. Yeah. I don't know. That's the dorky shit, man. You got the whole other episode. Oh, I would love. Uh, we could yeah. get Doug Van Sloan on. He'd talk about it too. <laughs> I love talk it. About resolution rates and yeah. Watch your. You, you would get. It some, just came out at the wrong, just the wrong time. It was it was CD burning and Napster and MP3s and no one gave a gave a crap. But it was cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it was funny because the CD burner was essentially the mini disc, like four years later. And and on a format that it was larger. Had, right? Because it was already larger. It was the same CD. Yeah. Just yeah. Oh, it's fucking funny. Yeah, mini disc was used. I, I think I think mini disc did get a, a several, eh, several, but like it, 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 it ended up being a format for field recording. People like field recording with it. Yeah. It, it, it was very. It was it was it was more it was kind of akin to like dat tapes here like seeing people dat, dat tapes record on dat tapes the weirdest format super weird digital audio tape so like weird. we needed a step between magnetic tape and digital files so we made one that was both how weird well you you mentioned Metallica's Black album right mm. yeah okay so legend has it that the tape. The, the digital tape source that was it was recorded on a Sony Dash kind of system, which was like it looked like two inch twenty four track tape. It was actually like a digital tape, just on a big reel like that. And something got messed up and whatever. But I think Doug Van Sloan has told me this story numerous times. I've retold it. And I probably have, uh, you know, it's just blasphemy at this point. But I heard like uh, the Black Album was mastered, mastered to the album that you probably. Listen to remaster but down that millions upon millions of people listen to cd cassette tape spotify one of the most popular selling albums of all time i think was initially mastered off the backup dat tape two-track mix down from oh. the source you know they like lost the original the original tapes they were going to master off the bigger tapes but like it was a mess it was messed up so they went with the dat tape which is a digital 
but it's only it's not 24 bit but that back 91 90 that didn't matter it was just a 16 bit but they mastered the record and that i think that's the record so wild right okay that's crazy i mean i'm sure the one i'm sure the one i have i bought in 1993 so <laughs> or 94 yeah 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 forever crazy that's so funny thanks for listening to my talk with matt whipke about the beatles and his tribute album to rubber soul called gummy soul if you're in omaha whipkey's doing two album release shows on may 13th at the jewel such a beautiful venue would be a really cool show to see in addition to his band whipkey will also welcome performers stephen sheehan and Kristen buell additionally each show will feature special performance from rock band the movies one of whipkey's pa- uh, past projects past bands that hasn't played together in more than 15 years so that's going to be really cool Thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and you can follow me on TikTok as the Kevin Coffey. You can see me on Instagram and Twitter as Omaha Music Guy. Find my page on Facebook by searching for my name. I'm on all those platforms all the time. If you have a question or want to talk music, join the conversation on social media. Shoot me a DM, send a comment, something like that, and we can start talking. Thank you once again to Herdat Media for producing the show. You can find lots more of our podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.